When I first visited Bulgaria back in the 1970s, you had to be careful. The communist authorities were suspicious of corrupting influence from Western travelers, and locals were careful to avoid being heard discussing politics and religion. Well, a lot has certainly changed. The Iron Curtain is long gone, and you're free to say whatever you like. Bulgaria is a member of the European Union. It's slowly gaining in prosperity, but still one of Europe's bargain destinations. It has an amazing history with traditions that date back to the ancient Romans, Thracian, and Ottoman societies. It's an orthodox religious stronghold, but there's a sizable Muslim population as well, and your tour guide will proudly point out the pre-Christian influences in the country's folk traditions. Stefan Bozajev is a principal tour guide for Luba Tours in Sofia and one of Bulgaria's most passionate advocates. He joins us now on Travel with Rick Steves to tell us what it really means to be a proud Bulgarian. Stefan, welcome back. Zdrasti, Rick. Zdrasti, what is that? Zdrasti. Hi. Now, you're a tour guide and you take groups around Bulgaria. As you take American groups around Bulgaria, what do you find is the biggest surprise with your travelers when they finally get to Bulgaria? Well, one of the biggest surprises, I really love to see their faces for the first cultural shock. When we are saying yes or no, it's completely different than the rest of the world. So when we are saying uh, no, we are actually nodding our head. So you're nodding your head yes, like we would say, and then that means no. No. <laughs> and we are shaking our head side to side. This means one big yes. If you have a eight or ten days in Bulgaria, what would you see? For sure we will see the capital of Bulgaria, Sofia. Mm-hmm. We will see the biggest monastery, the spiritual heart of Bulgaria, Rila Monastery. The Rila Monastery up in the mountains. Up in the mountains. This is like the, the treasure chest of the culture, really. It goes way, way back, the, the soul of the, of the people. Yes, exactly. The soul and the heart of the Bulgarian people is there. And this monastery is still alive, and there's still monks there. Yes, there are still monks, still active, and the center of pilgrimage for Bulgarians and people from abroad. And then you would go where? And then we can go to Plovdiv in the so-called Thracian lowlands in Plovdiv that it is really thriving the city culture of Bulgaria. So that's where you feel the urban energy and the new creativity. And you said the Thracian lowlands. Thrace, that's a word that goes back to ancient times. Yes. The Thracians, these were the northern neighbors of the Greeks. So we know the ancient Greeks. What's the famous Thracian? The most famous Thracian, this is Spartacus. The one who rebelled against the Romans. Spartacus. Yes. He came from present-day Bulgaria. Exactly, from the mountains of present-day Bulgaria. Now, as we travel past the Thracian Peninsula, where do we go? Definitely, I'll go to the seaside. The seaside? Yes. This is the Black Sea coast. This is the Black Sea coast. One small town, Neseber, because Neseber, this is a UNESCO site. Medieval churches, small cobbled streets, 19th century timber mansions, and at the same time, you can enjoy some exquisite time on the beach, on the sandy beach, not a rocky one. And that's just scratching the surface. There's so much to see in Bulgaria. Now, Bulgaria has changed so rapidly. When you look at Bulgaria today, what do you think the greatest triumphs are, and what are the greatest frustrations as your country tries to um, get its act really together and, and succeed and grow and prosper? For sure, the biggest national triumph, it was 
2007 when Bulgaria became a member of the European Union. This was our greatest achievement. And at the same time, when we look back almost 30 years after the fall of the communist period, still there are some disappointments. We want everything to happen so quickly, which is actually not exactly possible. So you have to be patient. I, I know during communist time there was really bad corruption. And then after the communists were thrown out and you had your freedom, you still have corruption. What are the challenges today with corruption in your government? Yes, we still have corruption in Bulgaria, unfortunately. And we even have a joke which is related to corruption. In different countries, there's an organized crime. And in Bulgaria, organized crime has a country which is closely related to the corruption. We're still fighting, but the good thing is that there are a lot of young spirited people who organize themselves and at every single wrongdoing, we are on the streets and is protest. Protesting? Yes, protesting. Against corruption? Against corruption, so raising our voice. After you got rid of communism, the corruption survived? Corruption survived. Same people? Same people. Same people, just different name of the parties. Oh, no. That's disappointing. It could be disappointing, but also at the same time, it gives us a chance to show us that we can fight. And in the end of the day, I'm sure we can prevail. Are there some older people that are nostalgic about communist days? And what would they be nostalgic about? Yes, there are some senior citizens that are still very nostalgic about the communist period because they would say, we had security, we had our homes, we had our vacation to go to the Black Sea or the mountains. But at the same time, they didn't have the freedom to speak. They didn't have the freedom to travel abroad. So they lived in a bubble. And now with freedom, it also comes with the freedom to have to produce and have to work hard or you suffer. There's more of a, a risk of being poor, I suppose. Yes, there is such risk. But in the end of the day, it is your choice and it is in your hands. This is, in my view, one of the biggest advantages of the democracy that we have. It is in your hands to decide what you can do. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm talking with Stefan Bozhejev. And Stefan is from Sofia in Bulgaria. We're talking about what it's like in Bulgaria now and what we might find when we travel there. Stefan, all over Europe, like in the United States, there is a fearfulness with immigrants and refugees and nationalism is on the rise and, and right-wing parties are taking advantage of this sentiment in the population to take power. In Bulgaria, is this dynamic showing itself? Do you have a, a rising right-wing party? Actually, we have more than one uh, far right-wing parties. Even the name of uh, one of them speaks for itself. Ataka or Atak. Actually, these people, they're playing on the fears of the ordinary citizens of the country. So is this a concern for people that want to be more of the part of uh, the European Union? It is a main concern because most of these uh, right-wing parties are directly influenced by President Putin. Putin is supporting right-wing parties in Bulgaria. Yes, that's right. How does this man reach out so far? What's his trick? His trick is that there are still, as I mentioned, a lot of people nostalgic about the old regime, communist regime, the brotherhood. So he makes uh, the good old days romantic in their mind, even if they weren't so good. Yes, exactly. And also playing on the string of the Slavic and Orthodox kinship that we have with the Russians. You're both Slavic and you're both Orthodox. Exactly. So you have that kinship. We have this so come kinship. into the arms of loving Mother Russia. Exactly. And this is in the 
the hands of such political leaders and they use this love. Actually, it's a really natural love in some of the people of Bulgaria, but they are just using this love. And they are saying the Western values are not our values. Our values are the Russian ones. So what are the Russian values compared to the Western values? First, I would like to underline, I deeply admire the Russian culture. I deeply admire the Russian people. And we are talking now more or less the values of the President Putin and the clique around him. These are the values of suppressing the other. These are the values of suppressing the liberal, open-minded thinking people. What, what does that mean, progressive, open-minded? Actually, this means the people who are looking in the future, who don't believe in discrimination, people who believe, really, it could sound a little bit idealistic, but in the brotherhood and equality. So there's this ideal of brotherhood and equality, and then there is the reality of let's make Bulgaria great again. Yes, and then some are more equal than others. Hmm. And what is the major fear of the people who support the right-wing party that Putin supports in Bulgaria? The major fear is that there are refugees on our doors. The refugees will come in and, and cut in line in front of them. Yes, and they will take our jobs and they will be paid instead of uh, our schools and infrastructure being supported. But there's no grounds about it. Where do these refugees come from? Mainly these are refugees from Syria, from Iraq and Afghanistan. Is it an actual problem? How many people are we talking about in <laughs> Bulgaria? <laughs> we are talking about less than 10,000 people officially registered. So this is quite an effective scare campaign, really. It is. A lot of media, which are actually fake media, not real media, help for creating this uh, status of uh, fear-mongering. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Stefan Bozhejev of What's the uh, thinking these days in Bulgarian? What might we find when we travel there? Stefan, Bulgarians are really into politics and they're really into sports. Yes. What, are, what are the passions with sports for the Bulgarians? For sure, sport number one is what we would say football or soccer. Actually, the biggest achievement of Bulgarian, uh, the Bulgarian soccer team was in the United States during the World Cup in 1994 when we took the fourth place, and we were so much cheered. Fourth place, fourth place in the, in World, the Cup. World Cup. Little beating, Bulgaria. Little Bulgaria beating Argentina and Germany. You beat Germany and Argentina. Yes. What's the population of your country? It's around 7.5 million. 7 million people, and you took on the, the powerhouses of the soccer world. How did you beat them? Was it just luck? I don't, be <laughs> I don't believe it was just luck, but at that time, the team spirit was really presented. And I could definitely relate this team spirit to the first years after the fall of the communist regime when we did believe that things could be changed through mutual team efforts. By working together. By working together. Solidarity. Exactly. That's the core value. Stefan, when you think of uh, pride, you've got pride of becoming the fourth best soccer team in the world. What other things are the, the Bulgarians proud about that we might feel when we visit your country? One of the things that every single Bulgarian will talk about it, this is for the dark period of World War II, when Bulgaria being an ally of uh, Germany for a second consecutive time, we stood up for one single fact to protect our Bulgarian Jewish people. 49,000 of them, 49,000 saved. 
So in the 1930s, there were 49,000 Jews in Bulgaria, yes. and by the end of the war, they were all okay. They were all saved. They huh. were all saved. And what I would like to underline, it was not an effort of one person or a part of the society. It was the one society acting as one. Solidarity. Solidarity. But I got to say, you chose the wrong side two times in World War I and in World War II. You, you joined correct. up with the Germans. That's correct. Did you learn your lesson? It seems no. <laughs> That's it seems no. <laughs> Let's talk about Putin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. History is so interesting. When you think of Bulgaria, it's actually one of the more poor countries in Europe. You're a member of the EU. You've been that way for 10 years. In Europe, there are net givers and net receivers. Everybody pays taxes into the European Union, and the rich countries pay in um, more than they take out, and the poor countries pay in take out more than they put in. How is this working for Bulgaria? Oh, it's working great for Bulgaria. And we have one common joke in Bulgaria. It's great to have the German taxpayers working for us in order to have infrastructure. These are the direct funds coming from Brussels to Bulgaria. Actually, it was estimated that in these 10 years, Bulgaria received around 20 billion euros from 20 Brussels. billion. And how does that affect, uh, how do you notice that as a citizen in Bulgaria, your infrastructure improving after 10 years of membership in the EU? How does it impact your life? Actually, the infrastructure is getting quite well. Uh, we had our first, at the moment, last highway finished uh, with EU money. So it is much, much better for us. But one of the greatest achievements is the money that are given to education, to student exchange. These are the young people of Europe being able to travel all around, to see that their peers. So that is the Erasmus program? Exactly. Tell us why the EU would give money so people can study and work in different countries. At the moment, many people would blame the Brussels officials for being extreme bureaucrats. There could be something right about it. But they are quite clever in one thing. They do believe in the European idea and the future of the European idea are the young people. And the young people should travel to see their peers around, to see that they have much more in common. Because by traveling, they are learning. They are learning that the other people are not so different from them. Not so scary. Not so scary. We can live together. Working together. And maybe that's an ethic of the European Union. Now, Britain decided, nah, we don't want this anymore, so Britain is going to leave the Brexit, and that's, what, 20% of the European Union. They didn't like all of these nations from the former east of Europe sitting at the table. If somebody in Bulgaria is in favor of the European Union or against the European Union, what would their compliment be and their complaint be? Well, the people that are in favor of the European Union, they would say the following... You see, we have endless perspectives in the EU, free movement of people, free movement of capitals, the free choice where to settle in the European Union. But those who are afraid of the European Union, they would say, those bureaucrats in Brussels, they're imposing us completely ridiculous norms. Yes, to some extent, it is too much regulations, but we cannot be perfect. We are thriving and actually the People in Brussels and all around Europe, uh, almost 400 million citizens, are trying to live together because we've been through together the madness of World War II. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Stefan Bozajev about Bulgaria and what you might find when you travel there. Stefan, I understand Bulgaria has the only museum of humor in the world. 
Yes. So the Bulgarians have a sense of humor? Yes, Bulgarians have a sense of humor, and especially in one region in Bulgaria. This is in central Bulgaria, around the town of Gabrovo. Gabrovo. Tell me a, a Bulgarian joke that would uh, merit having a museum of humor. Uh, one very traditional joke is uh, the following. Uh, uh, the guests that are invited to weddings, they're encouraged to be only on their socks. Why? Not to pay for an orchestra, but to listen to the orchestras in the nearby towns. Now, wait a minute. So this one, so yeah. in other words, you hear no footsteps. Everything is so soft. So soft, So you yes. can dance to the music coming from the next building. Exactly. Even from the next village. Stefan, when I think about Bulgarian humor, a, a lot of it is uh, sort of because you're very careful with money. And we can say even stingy. Stingy. Some would say that we are the Scottish on the Balkans. The Scottish on the Balkans. Exactly. I heard about a guy who, um, who spilled his rocky. No. His, his, he broke his bottle and his yeah. vodka was spilled under the ground and he waited till the winter when it froze. And then he could yes, take you know, it Yes, they use it as could... the ice cubes. And another joke, why when the people from Gabrovo, uh, when they read books, they turn the lights off? Why is that? Because the very short period of time when you change the, uh, the sheet of the book, you don't need to pay for the electricity. That is lost while changing the, the ship. <laughs> so that's why it's like a disco there, on and off. Oh, the, the lights go on and off. Yeah. Okay. That or was, another one. Yeah. Yes, you invite some guests. It is very rare, but okay, sometimes it happens. You invite guests. You have only 10 chairs, but you have 15 guests. You go to your neighbor and ask, sorry, do you have like five extra chairs? He says, yes, of course. Okay, I'm sending you five of my guests to be at your home. Perfect. That's a Gabrovo joke. Yes. Not enough chairs for the guests? Send some guests to your neighbor who has the chairs. Exactly. Stefan Bozajev, thank you so much. And I'm going to come to Bulgaria. I'm going to go to Gabrovo and hear some more jokes. Yeah, more than welcome. Blagodario. More. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>